Everyone, welcome to another awesome day with a struggle. I'm Sean Lee. I'm James Park. We're here to discuss the reality of daily struggles and how it's a constant no matter where we are on our journey. Join us for honest conversations as we navigate life, business, and career challenges. Learn how to accept the struggles and how it's all about the mindset. How was your week? How was your weekend? Weekend was good, actually. Eric and Hannah were away for the weekend. So I had the place myself, which meant that I had to just take care of the dogs and cats. (laughs) (laughs) But it was nice. Got to watch some football. Some good old Michigan football. Yeah. Oh, God. It's funny. I've been thinking a lot about even how sports, how there's expectations and outcomes for sports that we all want. That is completely out of your control. Yeah, it's completely out of control. And it, for me, it dictates a lot of how I feel for the entire day or maybe even yeah. a week. I don't watch sports. Many people know that about me. Like, I don't watch sports. I don't read the news. I read like the business news or finance news or tech news. That's about it. I don't read general news, but I can't watch sports. I've tried. It's just too much emotional commitment. And yeah. for things that I realize later, like I get upset about, I'm just like, why? Like, It's not like I was at the game throwing that ball, right? Or kicking that ball. I had absolutely zero control in this, the outcome of this game, yet I am so invested. But I totally understand it. Like, I totally get why people love sports and you have your community and and it's like you can connect with people on it, right? So I totally understand it. I just can't handle it. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I'm just at a place where I'm trying to be really disconnected from hoping the team wins, right? And it's like, Everyone goes through this, which is just weird. Yeah. And I was like watching when I was like watching sports, I just see these fans and I was like, oh, I used to be one of those crazy fans and I would just be so upset. But yeah, a lot of people have learned to disassociate the expectation of your team winning yeah, and just are able to enjoy the game. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh man, there's like a life lesson in this. (laughs) There definitely is. And we will see how this lesson plays out on October 30th. Yep. (laughs) Somehow our teams are both in the top 10 right now and like actually ranked. (laughs) When when Michigan plays Michigan State, we're going to see. I'm totally kidding. I I care less. We'll see how you fare. (laughs) Because I I won't care. It's funny because somebody at the gym yesterday, I I signed up for the gym again this past week. And the guy was like, oh, I was like, where are you from? He's like, where are you from? I was like, I'm from Michigan. I was like, oh, I love Michigan sports. I knew he was talking about, you know, U of M. I was like, oh, well, yeah, my, my brother loves it too. I went to Michigan State. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, oh, man, like divided house. I was like, yeah. Only when we somehow serendipitously beat Michigan in the last 30 seconds of a game, you know, like do I yeah. gloat about it just because I think it's funny. But aside from that, like, I really could care less. <laughs> it's become something to laugh about. And I, I think the rankings and like watching the standings, I think that's exactly what being able to detach from the outcome yeah, and just enjoy the game and enjoy what that is. But you just can't help it because no matter what, all the teams are compared against each other. Yeah. Players are compared against each other. And you want this feeling of wanting to win. And then the higher you get ranked the more of the expectation that you have that they should be winning. Exactly. When it's still like this, it comes down to the sportsmanship. It comes down to the the team and the injuries and the conditions. Just there's so many factors that go into it that, again, are completely out of 
hell, out of our control, out of the team's control in many ways, right? Right. There's just so many factors that go into it. Yet, our expectations are, are just so great. That's a good segue into some other areas of our life. Like, did you have any struggles this week where you felt like you had higher expectations than necessary? I guess even one thing is like writing this introduction. It was very short. It was only three sentences, four sentences, but I spent days on this, just banging my head against the keyboard, trying to come up with something. And then in the end, when I sent it to you, you're like, hey, this is a really good start. I was like, oh, I thought it was going to be horrible. My expectation was this is going to be the best introduction ever. I want it to be freaking amazing. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, it has to be on par with everything and encapsulate everything that we want in three sentences. And I don't know, I guess like setting that expectation, but then I just took a step back and was just like, you know what, this is going to evolve and it's not going to be perfect. And let's just see how this works and like how it sounds. And honestly, like as you get to know me more too, it's one of those things where, and I need to remind myself too, that like you said, things always evolve, things always change. And it's better that we start than we wait. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's how we started this podcast anyway. So just like, let's just hit record and see where this goes. Right, right, exactly. I actually want to touch point really quickly about what you just said about how you evolve. And one of the things I was thinking about with the struggle, and we're, we're talking about this right before is that the struggle is right now when people say they're struggling, everyone thinks it's like a very bad thing, right? Hmm. Or they think that you're in a bad place because you're struggling. And I think we feel that way because we're just really down on ourselves. But knowing that the struggle is always going to be there and that you're always going to run into something, always there's like problems in life, no matter where you are. It's kind of seemed to me like how you accept what's going on in your life and accept the struggles. If you know that it's always going to be there, the struggle evolves with you as you evolve, right? And Mm -hmm. it's just about trying to accept that it's going to happen and then how you deal with it and what kind of struggles you're willing to put up with. And some people really kind of stumble at that because maybe they weren't ready for a particular struggle yet. And so that it's like a level. If life is a game, you're stuck on some level and you're trying to beat that level. But it's not that once you beat it, when you go to the next phase, it's not like it's going to be easier. It's actually going to be harder. Interesting. And so I think a lot about like your journey, Sean, like how you've gone through life and like gone to school, have these chances to work on these podcasts and then move on to even creating a new startup around audio and podcasting. And it's about how you've actually gone through each level of life and accepted the different struggles that come with these different levels. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a metaphor. I think that I never thought of it that way, actually. That's really astute in that once you overcome a struggle, it's not, there's no guarantee, absolutely no guarantee that anything's going to be easier. If anything, it might be harder. Case in point, let's tell a story. When I went to Bali for my bachelor party, we went to go climb like this volcano, the tallest volcano there on that island, Agunagun, that actually erupted two years ago. So it was like, I don't know if anybody can climb it again in the, you know, in the next couple of years until it cools down. But what was the parallel was that, you know, we got to the top, we uh, summited the peak to watch sunrise. And we're just like, hooray, right? We're at the top. We did it. (laughs) The struggle's over. Yeah, it's done. (laughs) 
Let's get out it's of here. done. <laughs> yeah. And coming down was 10 times harder than going up. <laughs> <laughs> this shows like just the naivete of like this exact topic is that we think once we overcome that, it's going to be easy coming down. I mean, to the point where we'd even plan as well. Like we planned plenty of water and food for the climb up. Yeah. But plan nothing for the climb down. <laughs> and the struggle was not only real, it was twice hard. Because when you're climbing up, it's actually pretty well-paced. But climbing down a mountain, actually, I don't know if you ever climbed up something. Like cats climb with trees, right? With ease. Mm -hmm. You ever see them trying to climb down a tree, right? It's like, it's really hard. Firemen come and they, they pull them down from the ladder. <laughs> exactly. And so that was our journey. Like, Because when we climbed up, like the steps... And through the for you know the rainforest and then ultimately to the mountain to the rocks, they were like about like waist height basically. Yeah, that sounds rough. But you can pace yourself easy. But trying to come down a waist height step, <laughs> yeah, it just so much on your knees. And I, I just remember like it took us five hours to summit, it took us six hours to come down. And oh, I just remember just cursing myself. It's like, why do we do this? Because <laughs> I, was, I was becoming delusional. So he had he had no water or or food to eat on the six hours down. We had. I think we each had like a bottle of water left. Jeez, that's crazy. And yeah, this was, I know Andy will never listen to this, but yeah. <laughs> he he came and I remember 15 minutes in, it was like 12.30, 1 a.m. when we started the trek up with a guide, like pitch black, like Indonesian Bali forest. There's a trail, obviously. It's like path well traveled. 15 minutes in, he's like, nah, <laughs> not doing this. <laughs> and he literally went back down by himself through this freaking forest and he's waited for us like he just slept in the van hung out till like 11 12 o'clock the next day hey and for himself that might have been the best decision <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean me phil and other buddy daniel went up and i definitely cursed my way down i was losing my mind it's funny because like on the way up you had all the motivation right mm -hmm. for, for life just like you have the thing in reach that you're trying to get after and then yeah. once you get it and you're up there this is incredible you're like, wait, I have to come back down now? <laughs> yeah. Again, we thought it would be easy. You ever drive somewhere and you're like, damn, that took forever. And you drive home, it's like, wow, that was quick. Yeah. You ever get that feeling, right? Yeah. That's the kind of mentality I think we take with everything in life. It's like, you get there and you're just like, all right, that was tough. But the way back, now we know the way, so it should be easier. But right. that is not the case with, I think, many things in life. Like you said, it's instead of like a like an achievement, it's just a stepping stone to the next higher step. Yeah. That's why I think the struggle is not only real, it is persistent, right? Like you said. That's true. I like that. That's a new thought. I never thought that before. <laughs> oh, sweet. That's good. That's awesome. I, I think it kind of relates to, um, do you read Mark Manson? Have you heard of him? Yeah, I've heard of him before. He wrote The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read that book, yeah. He has this article about, I forget exactly what the title is, but it's, what shit sandwich you're willing to eat because mm. no matter what you choose there's always going to be shit there yeah in your hike you're willing to put up with the shit of going up and at the same time totally forgot about the shit coming down <laughs> exactly whatever life you choose it's all about what you're deciding and willing to put up with yeah and what kind of struggles you're willing to handle and to deal with like some people are not willing to go through the the pains of starting a company, right? So they join yeah. corporations, but it's not easy to be part mm -hmm. of a, a large corporation, right? They have their own problems. 
I was just talking to Gene Kim yesterday, actually. You know Gene Kim Sam, right? Sam Park? Yeah. And I was asking how Stan was doing. And he's been working at DirecTV for 15 years. I just thought it was incredible how it's like, you've been working at this corporation for 15 years. Like that's, yeah. for one thing, to me, that showed, like I, I was like shocked. I thought that was incredible. The resilience to stay at a company for 15 years and to just be able to power through that like over and over again, that's, I thought that's like something in its own. But at the same time, yeah, he probably wishes that maybe he could have taken an opportunity to do something else that he wanted to do, like right. start a company or join like smaller startups, you know? Right. Grass is always greener, right? Yeah. And so it's just about which kind of struggles, which kind of difficulties, what kind of shit you're willing to put up with. Yeah. And I was just thinking of that difference. I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. And like part of me wishes that I could have just stayed at in corporate and stayed at like Deloitte and just been willing to put up with the shit there. But yeah, could not. (laughs) I think the thing I love about life, and this is from a book that I commonly share with friends. It's a book called Alamut, A-L-A-M-U-T. It's a novel, one of the few novels I read. And it's written by this Serbian author, uh, Vladimir Bartol. Vladimir Bartol? Yeah. It was written like the 30s, during the wars or in between you know, the wars. It talks about this castle in modern-day Iran, historical Persia. And it kind of tells a tale of how clergy convince people to, to become martyrs, to become suicidal soldiers, right? In Japanese terms, kamikaze, right? The kamikaze. <laughs> And it was a fascinating story because the whole idea that I got away from from the book was that there are no absolute truths. Nothing's absolute. Killing's wrong. But for some people, it's right. If, I don't know, this person murdered your family and they seek the death sentence or something like that. I'm not in support of either, but the whole idea is like, there's nothing that's absolute, right? That this is like absolutely wrong. (laughs) <laughs> and this is like, that's fascinating because going back to what you're, you were just saying, like, there's nothing that's absolute. Like, this was the way. This is the way to live life. Yeah. Stay yeah. at a company loyally for, you know, 15 years or just hop around, right? And experience different things and learn different things. And there's no right answer. Yeah. And I think that's tough to accept because that means that creates a lot of uncertainty. And human beings don't love uncertainty. That's what I've, come to learn all these years is that we like to be certain. That's why people seek that security in many ways of a job, of a 401k, right? Right. That steady paycheck. Yeah. The benefits. Exactly. Not have to wonder like, oh, if I go interview 20 different places, am I going to get a job? Mm-hmm. And that's why I think people, a lot of times when they do breach into the the realm of uncertainty, they they always hold on to something. It's like they hold on to that last fine until they find that next fine. Yeah, yeah, totally. But this is something that, you know, I think about a lot in terms of human needs. There's that like need for uncertainty and there's that need for security, for safety. And it's always competing. And I think I talked to you about this before because the need for uncertainty is actually the need for variety. Oh, interesting. And variety and certainty are always buttoning heads. Because you need a roof over your head. You need to know that you have food on the table, right? But at the same time, if you have too much certainty, like it's too safe, you get bored. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's why like people go 
jump out of buildings or not sorry jump out of buildings jump out of like, airplanes <laughs> jump off airplanes yeah i guess you could base jumping out of buildings is base jumping yeah i guess there's base jumping i totally do that sounds awesome right because <laughs> they want some variety like their life is too stable or it's too secure they want something different that's out of the normal routine i think this is why as i'm talking this out why we will always have the struggle because you always have competing needs yeah Huh, that's interesting. That's why we always struggle. That's true. So the four competing needs based off of kind of adapted from Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I learned this from Tony Robbins on one of his seminars, is you have six human needs. The first two are is certainty, like I said, and variety. These two are always butting heads. The next two that are always butting heads are significance and belonging. So on one hand, you want to be significant. You want to be unique, right? But if you're too unique, then you don't belong in a community. But on the opposite end, if you belong too much, then you become a communist. Yeah. <laughs> and you get lost in the crowd. Yeah. Exactly. Just like when you go to Asia, everybody has black hair, brown eyes. Like everybody looks the same. Right? <laughs> That's why people want to look different. I was actually just thinking about that this morning. Like I get a perm once in a while. In certain ways, like I was like, am I trying to be more Western, right? With curly hair? Because everybody has fucking straight hair. But I was like, is it about being Western? Is it about being like whitewashed? Or is it just about the fact that I just want to be different? Like, I don't want to be the same as every other Asian. And I think that's what it is more about. Maybe it's also you just want something different. Maybe not even to yeah. like look different. You just... Exactly. You got bored with your straight hair. I just want to be different. It just so happens that other people have, you know, wavy hair, or curly hair, or whatever it is. Looks great, by the way. Thank you. Nobody will see this, by the way, because <laughs> this is part of the podcast. All right. But... <laughs> That significance and belonging is always butting heads. And so you have these four needs, core needs of every human being that decides every one of your decisions that are always constantly just butting heads. And I think that's potentially, I think, one of the reasons why we're always struggling. The last two needs are not butting heads. They're just growth and contribution. You have a need to grow and you have a need to contribute, like opening doors for people, volunteering, like things that actually make you feel good. Yeah. Those are like the what they call like the higher level needs. As long as your like your base needs are met, those are the needs that give life meaning, growth, and contribution. Almost like a purpose to continue going, continue fighting against these budding differences. Yeah, needs for existence, pretty much. Yeah, just like baseline <laughs> needs. Yeah, but that I think that explains why we're always struggling. Why we're never going to stop struggling because it's always going to be like, do I need more security or do I need more variety? Do I need more belonging or do I need more significance at that particular stage or place in life? Yeah, I, I didn't think about how we have these basic needs that are creating an internal struggle within us. Mm -hmm. We're trying to find the right balance. Yeah. Maybe it's not even like understanding that the balance will, like we expect maybe that our life will be amazing once we find the balance, but maybe there isn't a balance. Maybe that's what life is. It's like always kind of you're on a like a scale it, it like tips one way it tips the other and some people have figured out where maybe it can be a very good balance and they have it perfectly aligned but at that point wouldn't the need for variety kind of kick in then yeah like oh my life is too comfortable my life is too easy or it's, yeah. it's just the same <laughs> it just gave me another metaphor it's like we're trying to balance this ball let's say it's a ball and like a, a seesaw thing Mm -hmm. while driving, <laughs> right? 
it's like even once you have a balance at one point oh the car is moving like your yeah. life is moving the world is changing and so now you have to rebalance that's so true it's like no matter where you go at that point since life continues on there's always going to be conflict yeah even if we don't change the people around us are changing right yeah they're going to be dealing with their own struggles and at least the people we care about that kind of factors into our lives as well I actually kind of wonder, I, I was thinking a lot about, like, we understand, or we're beginning to understand that struggles are a daily thing. Yeah. Now, is there a difference between understanding something and accepting it? I feel like it's one thing to be able to say that, oh, I, I understand what this is. Like, I understand that life is going to be hard. But yeah. I personally feel that it's different once you accept it understanding it is kind of just knowing that it's there and not really changing your life or not really changing your your ways on how you live life but then once yeah. you accept something it seems more almost that it's now different it's not that you're like allowing things to happen but not really impact how you feel about it like how you I was like really struggling with this concept because I, I think there's a difference here but I cannot articulate it well yet let me add something to that thought. Maybe this might help. I think that these are the steps. You have awareness first. And I think that's what you're talking about. Awareness mm -hmm. does not equate to acceptance. And then there's understanding. And then there's acceptance. And maybe there's, there's more steps to that. But mm -hmm. I felt like I'd add the awareness part because being aware for me a lot of times is the first step. And then mm -hmm. understanding why I'm experiencing this or why this is happening Mm -hmm. helps me ultimately decide whether or not I want to accept it. What do you think? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because you first, you have to become aware that you're going through this. Yeah. And if I can't understand why I'm going through it, that's when sometimes I can't accept it. Because it doesn't even matter at that point. Like, why am I experiencing this? I know that I'm depressed, but why am I depressed? Right. Because you, you can't just flat out accept depression because then you're just defeated. Right, exactly. You feel this defeat. You don't get why it's happening and you just, and you feel like you have no control. You can do nothing about it because you don't know why it's happening. Yeah. So yeah, awareness, understanding, acceptance. There might be more steps to it. We'll have to think more about it. I feel like this is kind of like going through like the five stages of grief or something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's some correlation here. Because in the end, like grief is like acceptance that it's actually happening. And you go through the stages of like, becoming angry and trying to bargain and like i just recently played a game that somebody recommended me called uh gris g-r-i-s it's french for gray and it's like a beautiful indie game and the whole game is going through like the five stages of grief do you want to kind of talk through the five stages of grief so grief starts and then you first go through denial right you want to deny that it's happening anger happens you get upset over why it's actually happening. And then you start to bargain. You're like, okay, if I do this, maybe this won't be true anymore. Then you realize that no matter how much you bargain, it's it happened and nothing's going to change. And so you get sad and depressed. And then eventually you accept it. Yeah. And I feel like there's something here with how people go through grief might be how you kind of go through struggles, maybe. Maybe a grief mm -hmm. is in the end, like it's one of the struggles. Yeah, it's just like such a hard thing because it's really hard to accept. And that's why I was kind of wondering, like, 
because I think a lot of times I can understand something. Like, for example, something that I wrote about this past week was how decisions are mine. Every decision that we make in the end is mine, right? That comes like directly from the book that you recommended, which is, I'm like flying through it. It's really, really good. Uh, yeah. Courage to be disliked. You can understand at some point, oh, okay. Yeah, of course, all my decisions are mine. Of course, everything that I decide to do is is my own decision. Yeah, It's one thing to understand that, but it's completely different to actually accept it. Because I think once you accept that decisions are yours, then there is a really hard truth that you alone are responsible for where you are in your life. Hmm. Because every step that has happened was your decision. Yeah, I wanted to kind of write about what the difference was between understanding and accepting it. And I, and I couldn't, I kind of got stuck. And that's why I was like, what we want, I want to talk about with you. I was like, oh, I wonder if Sean has been able to differentiate between what the two are. And I think what you said earlier really does make sense about having to become aware of it first. And then understanding it is just figuring out the why you're going through this. Why yeah. is this actually happening? And then after you understand why it's happening, then you're able to actually accept it. Yeah. So it's kind of like going through the, the what the why, and then as acceptance, like the how, like what you're going to do. Yeah. About it. How you live differently, I guess. Yeah. Or how, how you choose to react to it. Yeah. Do I yeah. accept it in the way or just like I'll let it go? Or do I accept it in a way where I do something about it? Right. Right. Yeah. I think the hard part about accepting something as, as truth or accepting whatever statement or belief or adding it to your core value, whatever, like we expect an immediate change. I think that's one of also a very difficult thing is that actually life doesn't work that way. And our minds do not work that way where once we even accept something, it's not like all of a sudden things become easier. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like let's go through like the grief thing. Like even though you accept that something bad has happened and you struggle with it, just because you accept it doesn't mean that the pain and the grief goes away. Yeah, It's just a different level of understanding of feeling of being able to like you said, like how of incorporating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you incorporate this now into your life? How do you deal with yeah. it? And integrating. So maybe that's what it is. It's you have the awareness, then understanding, then acceptance, then integration. Yeah. I, I like mean, that. You could write a book about this. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what this podcast is gonna turn into. It's gonna turn yeah. into a book. <laughs> the like four it. steps of something. <laughs> that's the title We're yeah, the, like the four steps of something of everything yeah. of something and or everything <laughs> yeah we'll just wrap up on i'll share kind of my struggles this week struggles were in kind of integrating some new team members we had a lot of difficulty coming up with copy for email campaigns yeah this is like biz dev like sales copy to try to all we're trying to do is convince people to talk to us convince yeah. potential customers to have a conversation with us. And it's a struggle because A, like that's not my strength, copywriting. I mean, I understand mm -hmm. the concepts of it. I was kind of mm -hmm. sharing with somebody else today, but actually putting it to practice is another thing, right? Knowing what tools, like it's like, I, I know how to build a house, right? Mm -hmm. I know what tools are needed to build a house, but what yeah. tools do you need for that one first step or the second step, like you probably don't know. Right? You just yeah. have a general idea of what's going on. And we tend to do that with a lot of things, even in business. So like with sales copy, we end up hiring somebody. And the one thing I learned this week was that the key indicator to hiring the right person is that they ask the right questions. 
that's yeah. like the number one thing for me. I mean, they're all obviously baseline things like it's a good fit, like they have the right skill sets and whatnot. But when you're coming down to like, do I go with this A player or that A player? It's like, who's asking better questions? Right. Yeah, that's right? true. So that was a struggle that I was able to overcome. And now it's like the next struggle that I'm facing this week, like today is who else do we need to hire to help mm-hmm. out with biz dev? And I don't even know how to approach that question quite yet, but that's something I'm pushing through this week. Hmm. Maybe even talking to the new copywriter, the sales copywriter is something like, hey, what do you think is just to get that person's input? You know, obviously hmm. doing something has done this before and yeah. like asking the right questions. Maybe something is just to ask that question to him. Who else do you think we're going to need? What are the next steps? That's true, huh? Yeah. Because historically, they've probably worked with people that have had to go through that cycle. Yeah, that's a right. good point. Write that down. What about you? What are some struggles that you're trying to overcome this week on the business side? I mean, for me, it's it's all been centered around it's all been centered around writing. Yeah, but also not only just writing, but for me, I'm grappling with this concept of trying to accept that what's happening in my life is needed. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going through these struggles because I haven't been able to get to the next level yet. Yeah. And I think problems or issues arise in life and continue to arise in life because you haven't quite figured out how to get around it yet. Yeah. I think that is true for companies, for personal development. If you are kind of stuck on a concept, if you're stuck on a certain level of what you're trying to accomplish, or even not knowing what it is that you're trying to do, like life will keep you in this kind of whirlpool until you figure it out. Yeah. And for me, the struggle that I'm going through is wondering, yeah, I might be writing weekly about mental health and about depression or trying to get out of whatever loop that I'm stuck in. Yeah. But what the hell am I doing with my life? (laughs) Yeah. And also something I've been thinking about a lot is when you're trying to like just compare yourself to yesterday to say that, oh, I'm a little bit better yesterday than I am today. And I should feel proud of that. Yeah. But how do I measure that? How do I know that I'm a little bit better than yesterday? Mm hmm. I don't know what that is. And I I think that's just my personality is where I want to be able to track everything. Like when I'm exercising, I'm obsessed over how much I could have lifted, how much I lifted yesterday, how much I lifted today, how many pushups I did today. And I love seeing those kinds of numbers. Yeah, yeah. Feedback loop, yeah. And for me, yeah, when I think about like mental health and mental development, I'm really stuck on how do I know that I'm actually better a month ago? Because right now, yeah. I've been back in the States for almost four months now. Yeah. And I want to say that I'm better without relying on just feeling better. Because feeling is is unreliable and it's not accurate. One day I could feel horrible, but I'm actually doing pretty well. But the other day I could feel really, really great because I knocked off a hundred things on my checklist. But that checklist on the top was make a checklist. And the second thing was to check off checking off this list. I, I don't know, like something stupid mm-hmm. that you can, you kind of make yourself feel better, which I think is important, but I want to know the real way to measure how I am competing against myself, which is the only thing that matters and how I can mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm, I'm doing better. I have a tip. This is nothing new. 
because I struggle with the same thing like a couple times a year. And I think what ultimately helps is just goal setting, planning ahead. Like every quarter, I try my best. One of my friends will kill me for saying the word try. He's like, do or do not. There's no try. Yoda. He's the, like the embodiment of Yoda. Yeah, this guy. He says, strike try from your vocabulary. Yeah. It's so funny. I wrote about that this morning. <laughs> I try to make sure that I do a quarterly review, basically, or quarterly plan. And there's a great template for this that I use from this book called Traction, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. They call it the Vision Traction Organizer, V slash TO. You just type in V slash TO PDF, you can grab a PDF of it. The book is about entrepreneurship and starting a business, right? Mm-hmm. That's why it's called the Entrepreneurial Operating System, Traction. But I've been able to use it last spring on my own personal life. Like I use that methodology on my life. Oh, that's awesome. Because I, I was a couple months out from graduating from MBA. And I had like no clue what I was going to do with my life. I just given up a banking job. And I was like, well, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? And actually, it didn't fully alleviate the fears and whatnots because you're still faced with a lot of uncertainty as to like what your next step is going to look like. Right? Mm-hmm. But it did help plan out my next quarter so that at the end of the quarter, I can say, did I get these things done? Now, whether or not I accepted that as progress at the end of it is a whole different story, but at least it's a starting point. I like that. Because what I'm trying to share is like I set goals and sometimes after three months, I'm like, dude, boom, I hit the goals. Great. Like I'm not very happy about it because I feel like, oh, I could have done more. Yeah. But also it's just a matter of perspective. I could also be like, hooray. (laughs) I did it. (laughs) That's true. But at the end of the day, it's still progress. It's a progress tracker in some ways. I said this quote last on our last episode, that whole people tend to overestimate what they can accomplish in a day and underestimate what they can accomplish in a year. Mm-hmm. I look back like a year now, this time last year, dude, I barely had a business. And now it's like I have a 20-person team for Alumni FM. And we have Clever FM that we you know raised 300K for. And we're building a team around that. And it's like, damn, like not in a million years what I thought like a year from now I'd be here. But yeah. Doing these like quarterly plans and just kind of pushing along has definitely helped me get to where I am today. So definitely encourage you awesome. to just, you know, this it's the beginning of the quarter actually of Q4. Mm-hmm. Traction calls these like the 90-day plans. They call them rocks. Like this is your 90-day target, a sprint, whatever you want to call it. Let me just ask you this last couple of minutes, top of your head, you know, from now until end of December, what would you like to have done? Is there like a number of articles you would like to have written? Yeah. So personally, on on the writing front, I want to stick with being able to publish something every Thursday. Okay. And I think that's a pretty good goal. But I think that the bigger challenge is actually trying to get readers, trying to get someone. Yeah. So sharing it. Yeah. Be able to, you know, like yeah. you said, share your work. It's one of the first things you said yeah. to me when we, we chatted a month ago. Yeah. So I've been trying to tweet a little bit here and there Mm -hmm. just to talk about my stuff. Yeah, yeah. I kind of struggle with saying like, oh, I want to get like 10 readers. I want to get like 100 readers. But I think that's just something that I have to stick with. So you should, yeah, check out Get Review. Have you heard of it? I have not. G-E-T-R-E-V-U-E. It's Twitter's answer to Substack. They basically created a newsletter service that's totally free. Oh. And it incorporates and integrates a subscribe to newsletter inside your Twitter account, inside your Twitter profiles. If someone goes to you know your Twitter, 
they can actually subscribe to your newsletter. And then you can email them all for free. So get review, R-E-V-U-E. I just, someone just told me about it last week. Oh, sweet. Nice. Yeah, you can integrate a subscribe link in your Twitter feed, which is freaking awesome. That's where I would start. Start with that and I'll be your first subscriber. Just let me know when it's up. And then that way you can get like an email newsletter going that is the same content as your blog, right? Just copy and paste it over. Yeah. I would say, you know, take an account. It's going to be Christmas. There's like Thanksgiving, whatnot. So, you know, we have 12, I guess we have 11 weeks left minus the two holiday weeks where you should take a break. So if you can get out like nine newsletters, that'd be awesome. Weekly newsletters. Let's just target that. Honestly, when I look back at the podcast, these are like things that I take for granted. It's Mm -hmm. like I've produced 100 podcasts now over the past. Dude, that's incredible. Three or four years. Like some people produce 100 in like three months, but whatever. It's like still 100 interviews. Like that's crazy, right? Yeah, it's incredible. Not everyone's going to school at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Check out the VTO thing and just fill it out. It's pretty straightforward. The biggest thing I love from that is the the last question, which is like after you set your goals, your 10-year plan, three-year plan, one-year plan, 90-day plan, it's like, what are all the things that are going to stop you from doing that? <laughs> it could be anything. Like, I'm going to get depressed or I'm going to fall off the bandwagon on exercise or yeah. I literally write down every freaking excuse that I can think of. And that I think that helps me sometimes get over stuff because then that's the first step of awareness, right? Right, right. Like being aware of what could roadblock you yeah definitely this has been fun we will be back next week yeah i'll make sure to get a time slot in your calendar and also congratulations on your makeup commencement day thank you hope you have a good time up in san francisco yep up in berkeley i mean well, we're staying in south san francisco it'll be a good getaway for you yeah it'll be fun all right until next week talk to you later sean mm-hmm.